Hey there, you're listening to The Simple Home, a podcast for the modern mom looking for a slower pace, a life with less stuff, less to do, and more time for what really matters. Living simply is more than just getting rid of clutter. It's about letting go of expectations to create a life of intention. Motherhood is the ultimate Groundhog Day experience, where much of every day is spent on the logistical stuff necessary to keep everyone alive so you can wake up and do it again the next day. You don't need just one more thing. You need easier ways to manage the constant cleaning and feeding, the overwhelming clutter, the never-ending to-do list. I wish I could hire you a personal chef, a nanny, a housekeeper, and a personal finance guru, but I can't. What I can do is support you in your journey of letting go of all expectations and taking life at a slower pace. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast today. Well, hey there. Welcome to the Simple Home Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna, and this is episode number 18. And I can't even believe it when I say that because it feels like this has been a whirlwind starting this podcast And I also just want to say thank you so much to those of you who have left sweet comments in the reviews on iTunes. I cannot tell you how exciting it is to see notes put there and just connect with you. So if you haven't left a review, but you are enjoying this podcast, I would love to know what you think. If you wouldn't mind taking a minute to head over to iTunes and just leave a rating or a review, I do read them all and it's just gives me momentum to keep on going um, so that I can continue this show for you all. So thank you so, so much for doing that. I really, really appreciate it. In today's episode, I had the honor of sitting down with Lindsay from Sleep Little Lamb and interviewing her all about baby and toddler sleep. She is a professional sleep consultant and had so many practical tips to share during this interview. So if you've ever felt tired as a parent, which is, I'm kind of laughing that I just said that because who of us has not felt completely exhausted? Um, But honestly, if you've ever felt like you just can't get the rhythms down for sleep for your kids or you've felt tired and exhausted and just aren't sure what to do, you're going to love this episode. Now, before we get into the interview, I also wanted to let you know about something that just got added to my website. Uh, This has been a in the works now for several months and it's finally ready for me to share with you all. It's an ebook which I specifically designed for moms wanting to take better photos of their kids. It's called Document Your Life, Take Photos You Love of the People You Love. And if you've taken any of my photography courses or just want to learn more about photography, then I think you're going to love this book. You can check out all the details at athomewithkids.com forward slash document your life. And then I'm also going to link to it in the show notes today. So that's at homewithkids.com forward slash episode 18. So hopefully you find some value in that book if um, photography is something that you're interested in. So without further ado, I'm going to hop right into the interview for you. Now you can tell my voice sounds a little funny right now. Um, I'm kind of getting over a cold. So Hopefully you'll excuse me for that. And then also the audio got a little bit funky in this interview every once in a while, but I don't think it's going to be a problem. Um, Just, you know, technology sometimes isn't our best friends, but hopefully you love this interview as much as I did. And let's go ahead and jump in. Well, hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so glad you're here. 
Hi, Jenna. Thanks so much for having me. It's such a fun thing to get to do. Yeah, absolutely. So for those of you who don't know Lindsay, um, she is the owner of Little Lamb, where she offers childhood sleep consulting for every stage, like from birth to five years, including prenatal consulting. Right, Lindsay? You do some prenatal consulting just to help lay that foundation? Yes, exactly. Okay, perfect. So I know after looking at your website and talking with you that your goal really seems to be to just help families thrive through getting the right amount of sleep, both the kiddos and the parents. Exactly. Yeah, I know from personal experience how difficult mentally and emotionally and physically not getting enough sleep is. So I have quite a passion for helping other moms get oh, that's sleep. So- and, yeah, just to have hope. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I know it can be those first few months are just exhausting. And then every single stage your baby changes and your child grows. And then it's almost impossible to figure out exactly what to do. So it's so nice that you offer this service. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started as a sleep consultant? Sure. Yeah, I'm well, my married to Ben, my best friend, and I'm mom to two little girls. And we're about to add another little girl here in the next couple of weeks, which is very exciting. Uh, My background is actually in Christian ministry and education. And so I've always had a heart for serving women and just helping them through the tough times. And then I I spend a lot of time nannying and teaching little kids and um, working with babies. And so when I finally became a mom, of my own kids and, you know, started trying to figure it all out and realizing how hard that is to figure it out. Um, I had two little girls that um, were just really hard with sleep from the beginning. Both of them were, were difficult. And um, because of that, and just my heart to help other women, when I finally figured out the sleep thing, um, I just decided that was what I wanted to do is to um, really be able to focus on this very practical area, but it really affects so many other areas of, of families' lives when they don't get enough sleep. And so it was a nice way to combine some of my passions and my heart and my education and training. And so I got certified and um, a couple of years ago now and, and started up the business. And it's been a really cool journey of just getting to grow at, in my own knowledge, but also get to really help a lot of moms feel like their lives are changed for the better. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on here because we don't really realize how sleep affects both our mood and you know, our fuse to just handle everyday situations that we have with our growing kids Mm -hmm. and taking care of our marriage and all of those things. So I love that you just talk about how that, that can help our overall abilities to be a parent and, and just cope with life a little bit better if we all have the sleep that we need, including our kids. I know that when mine are tired, um, the days are harder. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. yeah, true. (laughs) So let's just, kind of start at the beginning and do a general overview for those of us who don't know, because I know um, before I really started talking with you and for those of you in my audience who don't know, Lindsay and I kind of just recently connected and have become friends and I've been talking to her about this just a little bit and I really didn't even know sleep consulting was a thing and I wish I would have when my (laughs) children were were babies because I'm sure it would have helped out. But if you could just kind of tell us what is a sleep consultant and how would we know if this is a service that we should look more into? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And it's it's one I get a lot because there's definitely a lot of moms out there that have never heard of it. And so part of my job is just letting people know that it exists and that they can get that kind of help. And a lot of moms are relieved to know that, <laughs> that they don't just have to navigate blindly, you know, for five years and be completely sleep deprived the whole time. Um, right. But I like to say that a sleep consultant is like being a personal trainer for your baby's sleep. Um, I look at your baby and your family's individual needs and issues and goals and, you know, diagnose the problem and figure out what is contributing to all of the disturbed sleep. And then I come up with a really individualized plan that's very detailed that helps you solve your child's sleep problems, basically, which ends up solving the family's sleep problems usually. Right. Um, and it just wow. helps everyone feel better, obviously. So I help them on a daily basis work through the plan, you know, I don't just give it to them and leave, but <laughs> I work with them and hold them accountable and encourage them the whole way. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I know this is something that definitely, if moms don't know this is available, I can see how beneficial this is <laughs> at every stage. And like I talked about in the beginning, I mean, we all know that kids grow so quickly and change and I don't know about you, but it felt like as soon as I would kind of get a handle on one stage, my kids would be totally different the next day. And it was like I had to start all over. So you you kind of work with families at each stage, right? Yes. Yes. Like you mentioned, I do work with moms who are expecting. So just kind of giving them basic education and um, on safe sleep and setting up um, good sleep hygiene from the beginning. So that can help them avoid a lot of the problems that newborns and babies end up facing later. So I love doing that. But most of my clients do come to me after, um, you know, after they're born. And so <laughs> I start with three week olds, even uh, we don't do any formal sleep training, but just getting, you know, healthy, safe sleep from the beginning. Um, and then we start as they get older to encourage um, more independent sleep, which helps them become great sleepers as they grow out of the newborn stage. Um, and I work with that all the way up to five-year-olds. So there's a lot you can do with even a five-year-old that, um, you know, will help them become really good sleepers. Right. Oh, that's so great. So for those moms who are kind of in those very first few weeks of their baby, um, could you give us any kind of maybe just a tip that they could try right now? Like if they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is definitely something I need. Yeah. Um, is there anything that they could know about that stage that would just maybe help them in the now to give them just a little bit of extra sanity? Because we know right. those are the hardest, <laughs> the hardest It's week. so hard. And I know even moms that knew what they were doing with their first child, don't remember it all from the second. So it's really common when you're sleep deprived to not be able to, you know, put all that information together. So, uh, but yeah, with newborn babies, I think one of the most important concepts you can think of is recreating the womb as much as possible. And so if you picture the womb, it was a dark, warm, tight space, you know, where the baby was pretty cramped in there, but that's really comforting to them and they felt really secure and um, it was dark and um, not totally quiet. Like sometimes people think babies should sleep in a quiet place, but really like having some sort of white noise um, can help them feel more at home because they're used to hearing your heartbeat and all the things going on inside your body and outside noises. Um, but conversely, you don't necessarily want them out in the open with lots of loud noises either because they will grow out of that newborn sleepy stage eventually and that will start affecting their sleep. So you do want them kind of in their own sleep space, usually by about four to six weeks. 
um, you know, and not just napping out in the living room, which I know a lot of people do because they want, they think that will teach them to be able to do that later. But most babies do grow out of that and that just disturbs their sleep instead of teaching them to sleep there. Oh, Um, that's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other things, oh, I'm sorry, but no, the other thing is wake times. People don't really know about wake times and how much, um, how quickly you should put your baby back to sleep after they wake up. So the amount of time between when they wake up, when they're about a month old, it's only 60 minutes before when they should go back down to sleep. So that seems crazy to people that are just keeping right. their babies up all day, but it really does help them settle down for naps better and stay asleep better. And then they wake up rested and ready for a full feed. And so then they can sleep longer the next time. So it's just this positive cycle that you start just by following wake times. Oh, absolutely. So I know with my second child, um, who is five now, but when she was little, she was a really hard sleeper and especially naps. Night times were okay, but nap times were really hard for her. And I remember I'd try the swaddling and she would get out of every swaddle. I even had like the kind of Velcroed so tight around Mm -hmm. their arms and, and different things. And she would get out of it. And then one day I was reading something about how noisy the womb is. And I turned our fuzzy radio up to the top volume, like literally as loud as it would go. And she slept, like she went right to sleep and slept. So I love how you're talking about, you know, it's not really like a quiet space in the womb. You have to kind of recreate that because I had never thought about that before. And that Mm -hmm. completely worked for her. And I know every kid is different, but I do remember feeling some, some relief for that. Oh, that's super, that's awesome. You figured that out in that. I mean, it is going to be true for most babies. They are going to be comforted by it because they're all coming straight from the womb and that, you know, such a familiar place to them. So yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I had tried the white noise before that, but you know, I'd put it on like this really soft, low volume (laughs) and I wanted it to be nice and peaceful and quiet for her and then realized that that's not quite what she needed. So yeah, so then our babies, you know, they move between then and like 12 months. It is just crazy. And I don't know if that is the next kind of stage. What would the next stage be after those first few weeks, um, you know, that you work with after that? Right. So the baby stage, you know, once you get out of the newborn stage, which is about 12 to 13 weeks, most babies do turn a corner there. And so if they were really fussy, they might be less fussy, which is great. And they start waking up and just being really more aware of their surroundings. And they do start to develop more of a need for a good schedule and um, they can start sleeping longer stretches, you know, which is great. Um, But they don't just do that on their own all the time. So they do need um, to be on the right daytime schedule and Um, I mentioned wake times where you start at 60 minutes at one month and a way to keep track of how you should continue to increase those is by adding five to seven minutes each week onto that schedule. And so if it was 60 minutes wake time at, you know, the beginning of one month by the middle of, uh, you know, one and a half months, they'll be at about um, 70, 75 minutes, you know, so it's a lot to keep track of, (laughs) Um, but you do need to continually increase that wake time because they will start to not be tired enough for a nap if you don't, you know. Um, So I do offer a a resource on my website for people to help them keep track of that that has a chart with all the wake times for the first year so they can get that from my website because it's it's just really when you're tired anyways, it's too hard to keep track of like exactly what their wake time should be at how old they are. 
Oh, that is so perfect. So I will definitely link to your website um, in my show notes for everyone. And then at the end, um, I'll kind of ask you, you know, where we can find more about you and make sure that you mention that again, just so that it's fresh in our minds. But <laughs> I will put that in the show notes for sure, because that's definitely something I would have grabbed <laughs> if, <laughs> if my babies were still that small, because it is, it's hard to keep track of that and, you know, still just be present with your baby. So, mm -hmm. so that's very helpful. Um, so one question I know that I'm going to hear from my audience and that I'm thinking in my brain right now, because I have a almost four year old. Um, so what if we didn't really start this right away? And now we have a four year old who struggles with sleep. Is it too late? Or is there still hope for good sleep? In our yeah, house. <laughs> it's never too late, which is the good news. You really, a four-year-old can learn to fall asleep independently just like a baby can and actually probably more easily in some ways. Um, but of course, they can also fight things a little harder and more creatively than a baby can. So you have to have a different type of plan for how to handle it when they protest the changes, you know. Um, but right. they're they're wired for a lot of sleep, just like babies are. You know, a four-year-old still needs a good 11 or 12 hours a day at least. So, you know, if their bodies are only getting eight or nine hours, like they really, they will respond well when you set them up for success. So that's the good news. But it does take some more work usually with older kids um, because they just have more stamina, you know, and if it's a four-year-old that's still not sleeping well, they're usually pretty strong-willed. So right. um, I come up with a lot of, like, a lot of creative plans to really play into what they will buy into, you know, make it positive and fun for them and, and try to take the pain of the change out as much as possible. And most parents are surprised by how well it goes, you know, they fear the worst right. and that's why they haven't made changes, but really you're giving your child what they really need. You know, if they're not getting enough sleep, it's really the same as not getting enough food and like not getting enough oxygen. Like your body's just not going to function as well. Right. So they, they often see a lot of improved behaviors during the day because their kid is finally waking up feeling rested and, you know, ready for the day. Absolutely. So I think now that you're saying that, I think the next step is to help the moms learn how to sleep. Like once the kids <laughs> sleep, it would really be beneficial, I think, because I don't know about you, but like we're so trained to wake up from every little noise and, mm -hmm. you know, not get our full, really deep sleep. So I know That's if all so my true. kids are sleeping great every night that I would maybe need you to come in and <laughs> reteach me how to sleep for the night. That's but. so funny. I'm the, I'm the same way. So I totally get that. I actually did write a blog article on that, like how to train yourself to sleep through the night, because it is a common problem when you're so used to getting up all night and you just can't get into a deep sleep. And a lot of the same tips do apply, like getting yourself on a good schedule and eating right and, you know, right. making sure that your sleep environment is optimal and all of those things actually do cross over. So... <laughs> Okay, perfect. I'm going to link to that article as well, because I need to read it. And I'm sure there's other moms out there who could benefit too. We're just so, you know, like we're just so used to giving it all to our kiddos. And I think it's hard to relearn that we need that sleep just as much as they do. So what about like many of my listeners have kids at more than one one of the stages that you explained, either they already have a child and they're expecting their second or third, or, um, you know, they might have a, a one-year-old and a three or four-year-old. And I know that those 
those children are at very different stages, but still need good routines and good sleep. They just might look different. So when you work with a family like this, is it better to be working with one of our children at a time and getting them proficient and then working with the next one? Or how do you go about that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And there's not necessarily one right answer, but generally speaking, um, I would like to start with the worst sleeper first. So let's tackle the one that's causing the most disruption um, <laughs> so that you you know can start getting more sleep as soon as possible, really. Um, because usually when parents are in the situation where they have multiple children not sleeping, they're just so beyond exhausted that like they can't even function so we try to just like get them oxygen you know and help them (laughs) um, start breathing again so that they can then tackle the next child so usually um the one that's either waking up the most um or the younger one the younger babies usually do respond faster so we can get to that place of getting more sleep quicker so that's often where I start, but of course, an exception would be like a parent of multiples, like twins or triplets who I've worked with quite a lot. And if they are the same age, they can generally be on the same schedule and the same plan. And so in that case, we would just tackle them all together. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. I didn't even think about that trying the younger one who might respond quicker or the one who's causing you the most, (laughs) (laughs) the most trouble at the moment is probably a great place to start. Um, Yeah, that's, That's perfect. So then my other question that I know um, that I struggled with as my kiddos were growing is just knowing when, you know, they go from two naps to one nap or three naps to two naps, or are they getting out of that napping stage and need an earlier bedtime? Are there some areas, like just some signs to know that, you know, our kids going into another stage of sleep or needing kind of a different routine? What are some things we could look for? Yeah, um, the main things you want to look for is if they're fighting sleep or they didn't before, you know, so if they used to just go right down for that first morning nap and now they don't and they fight it for a long time and and you kind of realize, I haven't updated their schedule for a while. This might be a (laughs) sign that they're ready to drop to a nap. Um, something like that, um, or fighting bedtime, same thing. Um, and then another thing that people don't tend to connect because it, it doesn't feel connected, but it is, is early morning wake ups. So if they're like sleeping too much during the day or too late in the day, um, and they start waking up at 5 a.m. where they used to sleep till 6.30 or 7, that's usually a sign that the previous day's schedule is off, you know, so they probably okay. need to either drop a nap or shorten a nap. Um, and that, that applies to young babies all the way up to, you know, four-year-olds that are still napping and, you know, they might right. be taking a two hour nap, but then they're fighting bedtime for hours or they're waking up way too early in the morning. And that's usually because they're getting too much day sleep. Okay. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. So my four-year-old, well, he's almost four right now. He does still nap most days. Um, sometimes it's just quiet time, but most days he still falls asleep. And I keep wondering, because there have been nights where he doesn't go right to sleep at night. Um, he is sharing a room with his siblings now, though. So I can't quite tell if he's having trouble because he likes to entertain them or he's having trouble because he needs to drop that nap. So we're kind of, I think, in a transition right now trying to figure out what the best thing for him is. But he is he goes right down for that nap still. And then most nights he still goes down. So I need to kind of watch that, I think, and see. Yeah, that's I mean it is something to watch. And you don't always have to go from 
a long nap to no nap. You know, you can start cutting mm-hmm. it back a little bit and seeing if that helps with bedtime. Um, and it does get, there's more variance as babies and toddlers get older. So if there are a lot of four-year-olds that might still nap and sleep great overnight. Um, and there's a lot that won't. And it's not as clear cut as like, I can tell you most nine-month-olds need to be on a two-nap schedule. You know, it's going to be right. like 95% true. But for four-year-olds, <laughs> it, it does change more. And so you got to look at their signs and what's going on. And and the other thing with older kids is making sure that they're not awake in the middle of the night, which a lot of parents aren't aware of if they are. But some kids, if they are still falling right asleep for bedtime and sleeping in in the morning and they're taking a nap, but they're like five years old, I really wonder if they're up in the middle of the night because right. like they have, they just can't biologically sleep that much unless <laughs> there is, there's either a sleep deficit somewhere that we don't know about, or they have some like physiological factor going on that's making them extra sleepy, you know? So you just got to right. watch for that too. Yeah. And I think I know with my, my middle child, my girl, she had tons of ear infections and we never even knew about it. She never has fevers or never complained about anything, but she was sleeping a lot. And that was one of the signs was that she actually just wasn't falling into that deep sleep because she was sick and we didn't really know it, you know? So I think, I think you're right. I think if they are sleeping more than you think they should be, that it, it could be something else going on for sure. Um, Yeah. So I'm sure that some of my listeners are thinking right now, man, I have some sleep issues in my house that I should try to fix. Um, And if so, where would you suggest that they got started? Yeah, the main thing they need to start with is just diagnosing the problem, like what is causing the sleep issue. And there are a lot of different things that could be contributing, and it is usually more than one thing. Um, So is it a sleep association? Like, does the baby or toddler need to fall asleep, learn to fall asleep independently? Or is the baby overtired? Or are they eating not enough during the day? And so they're really hungry at night. Like, there's a lot of different questions that I ask, like in an assessment, I actually ask almost 100 questions usually, (laughs) um, just to make sure I really understand what's going on. And so those are the main ones. um, But it's usually the scheduling issue is off or um, you know, they're going to sleep in a not optimal sleep environment. There's a lot of things to consider. So you want to start okay. there just really evaluating and asking yourself a lot of questions and looking at the whole picture, not just bedtime or not just overnight that you need to look at the daytime schedule with naps and with what they're eating and the timing of what they're eating, all of that. Like it's amazing how sensitive a lot of babies and toddlers are. So something can be off by 15 minutes and that can affect the rest of their night, which is, you know, where the hard work comes in and where a lot of parents get stuck. So, right. So in your work that you do with families, um, and maybe this is in your freebie or maybe it's something that when you work with people as a consultant, you might talk about, but do you feel like there's optimal bedtimes and optimal wake up times for each different stage? Yeah, you know, you can go by a 12-hour schedule for a very long time, like a 7 to 7 schedule. So typically a 7 o'clock bedtime at the latest for babies is going to work well with a 7 a.m. wake-up time. And that, you know, the thing that will change the most is their daytime sleep. So they Mm -hmm. might need an earlier bedtime sometimes. They might be able to go stay up till 7.30, you know, during certain nap transitions. But generally speaking, if if you have a baby that's not asleep by seven, they're probably overtired if they're having issues overnight. 
okay. so that's a good rule of thumb. And then, I mean, really, even five-year-olds will go to bed at 7 or 7.30, you know, so it right. stays true for a long time um, as they're dropping naps and doing nap transitions and all of that. Okay, excellent. So um, I know you do some sleep consulting, and I'm going to ask you to kind of tell us about the services you offer, because I'm sure that there's many moms out there who could really benefit from this. Um, But before we do, with the work that you do, would somebody have to live in the same area as you to work with you? Or is this something that you can do from a distance? Yeah, actually, most of my clients don't live near me. So I do in-home consults and and I love doing them. They're super fun. And and I find that my in-home clients just do really well. Like they they have great experiences. But most of my clients are all over North America and even internationally. So thanks to modern technology, I can, (laughs) you know, do my assessments and we even do video chats and they'll send me videos of their sleep environment and just things like that that we can um, I can assess what I need to over email and the phone and and then same thing with the support. I continue to support uh, my clients over email and text and phone calls and Skype and, you know, whatever we need to do to <laughs> get them all the support they need. So, yeah, they don't need to live near me and they can actually be located anywhere. Okay. Oh, that's so great. It's so great that we have that ability now to connect with so many people um, online and everything and you don't have to you don't have to find somebody right in your area. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. So how can we find out more about you and the services you offer and just connect with you online and anywhere else? Yeah, my website is sleeplittlelamb.com. And it's the same handle for my Instagram and Facebook. So it's at sleeplittlelamb. Um, And I am on Instagram every day. So that's kind of where if you want to get daily sleep tips, that's the place to be. Follow me there and you'll get to follow some of my family and and see when this new baby's born and (laughs) find out. I can't wait to know what her name is Um, and tell everyone. But yeah, so Instagram's a great place to connect. And I, I give a lot of, you know, free advice and stuff on there. And then my website has um, three freebies. So for depending what stage your baby's in, the newborn, baby, or toddler stage, there's a free resource that you can sign up for. And then you'll get a series of emails that have more tips on that stage. Um, And you'll get to know me and just some of my philosophy through that a little bit better. So that's a great place to start if anyone's interested. Okay, I love that. So I will definitely link to your website and your Instagram and Facebook. And if you guys go to her Instagram, you're going to get to see her super sweet family and all the pictures she posts. So make sure you follow her there because she is on there a lot and you'll get to see all kinds of stuff. And I love the tips that you put on there. Lindsay, you do such a great job on Instagram, just giving people free advice and helping them out where they need it. So that's (laughs) very appreciated. Yeah. So it was so, so fun to talk to you. And I know that this episode is going to be so valuable for so many sleep deprived parents out there. So thank you again for, for using your time this way and agreeing to come on and be with us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And thanks again for having me. Oh, absolutely. All right. We'll talk soon, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Isn't she just great? I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Knowing that you're not alone and that many parents are struggling with the same sleep deprivation can be so encouraging. And I love how Lindsay sets up plans specific for your child and your family. If you feel like you could benefit from a sleep consultant, take a look at Lindsay's website, sleeplittlelamb.com. 
to see what all your options are. I'll link to that in the show notes so you can visit athomewithkids.com forward slash episode 18 and I'll link to her free resources, her website, and anything that she mentioned during this interview as well. Now, I want to make sure that you listen in next week as well, because next week I'm going to be interviewing Joshua Becker, who's been at this minimalist thing with his family for several years now. He's been featured on countless websites and podcasts, and he has some amazing books out, including my favorite one, which is Clutter Free with Kids. Um, He just came out with a new one, The Minimalist Home. So if you haven't heard of Joshua Becker, make sure to tune in. You can check out his website as well, becomingminimalist.com before next week. Um, I don't think you're going to want to miss this conversation. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite podcast players so that you can find out when that episode goes live. And last but not least, if you're interested in photography and taking better pictures of your kiddos, remember to check out my new ebook, Document Your Life so that you can start capturing all those precious moments with your kids. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you for forgiving me for my my crazy voice this week. And just thanks for being here each and every week and encouraging me. You truly are such a blessing to me. So thank you so much. I can't wait to share Joshua Becker with you next week. You just listened to an episode of The Simple Home. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I feel truly honored to be a small part of your life. Please take a moment to give a rating and write a quick review on iTunes. That will help this podcast reach more people, and I appreciate the feedback. We meet here every week, so hit subscribe so you know when the newest episode goes live. And for more practical tips on simplifying motherhood, visit athomewithkids.com. I can't wait to talk to you next time.